a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Small businesses bring Utah together. They inspire goodness and connect communities. These are their stories from Mighty Main Street, brought to you by the Utah Office of Tourism and Visit Salt Lake. Here's our host, Chris Redgrave, on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Thank you for joining our show, Mighty Main Street, the faces and places of Utah. These featured small businesses from Salt Lake County and across the state of Utah drive our economy and develop our main streets, creating a vibrancy and creating jobs. This program is supported by Managing Director of Utah Office of Tourism, Vicki Varela, and CEO Caitlin Eskelson with Visit Salt Lake. I have Virginia Pierce with me, Director of Utah Film Commission. Virginia, I appreciate you being on the show, and what an interesting time to be in the film industry. And I would love for you to start out, if you don't mind, Virginia, and give folks an idea of the legacy that Utah has in the film industry. Yeah, I mean, it's been, of course, it's, it is fun to work in film. There's, I think everyone has a film that they can relate to and love as part of their life. Um, The Utah Film Commission is a state agency, and we're a part of both the Governor's Office of Economic Development and the Utah Office of Tourism. We've been around um, almost 50 years and was really started to support that rich legacy of filmmaking across the state. I mean, we've obviously been a part of the film industry since the 20s and 30s. Utah has been capturing the imagination of filmmakers and storytellers, and it continues on today, I think. We're at over 1,500 films have been produced in the state, including some that I think everyone has, you know, has seen and loved, like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and Thelma and Louise, Forrest Gump, High School Musical, of course. (laughs) Just a few, just to name a few. Yeah, Easy Rider. I have to to ask you this fan question uh, because I've had the opportunity to meet Robert Redford in person. I just think he's an extraordinary Utah, a wonderful person, a fabulous actor, and his impact has been tremendous. And so my question would be, when he came here to film, is that when he felt saw Utah fell in love when he came to film well, uh, Butch actually, Cassidy? Actually, it's the reverse. So really? He, he, drove, he used to drive through Utah. He, he's from California, and he used to drive through Utah because he was going to school in Colorado and just kept falling in love with the state and fell in love with a girl in the state. And they decided to buy a little piece of property up Provo Canyon. Um, in the mid-60s. So he was already here when he was offered the part uh, to, to play Sundance in Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. And that film was actually supposed to shoot in California. And he convinced the director by, I think they chartered a plane and flew over Southern Utah. And he showed off some of the amazing places down there and convinced them to bring the film to Utah. So and then everything got going after that Sundance Resort and Sundance Institute. I mean, that all came from his success in that movie. His impact has been tremendous. The Sundance Film Festival in Park City is iconic, probably one of the most premier, if not the most premier film festivals in the world. 
And uh, and it's just been extraordinary to see this success. Virginia, you have an amazing background as well. I mean, this you are not new to this industry. You bring a tremendous amount of sophistication and education with us. Give us a little idea of that. Well, I have to tie to Sundance as well, as most <laughs> people do who work in film in the state. But I did... I, uh, I'm from Utah and used, I grew up going to Sundance Film Festival, um, and was, you know, loved seeing the films in high school and college and then came back and, and decided to work for Sundance Institute and was there from 98 to about 2010. So really, I feel like I grew up there. I mean, it was just such an amazing time of growth for the Sundance Film Festival and really started you know, as as a much smaller festival in the mid-90s to the, you know, behemoth that it is today. Um, I worked with artists there and started the alumni program and really helped develop kind of that, that stable of artists that they are so well known for. Um, and I also had an amazing couple of years at Spy Hop uh, Youth Media, which is a local organization that helps teach uh, children film and music and storytelling kind of kind of all kinds and I, I really loved that part of it and getting the chance to work with young people and helping them develop their voice and then have been at the film commission and since 2014 so going we're on lucky six years we're lucky to have you in that role Virginia <laughs> um, give us an idea of the economic because this is a business show by the way uh, underwritten by Visit yeah. Salt Lake and Utah Office of Tourism and Utah Office of Tourism asked us to give you a call give us an idea as locals why film is so important to Utah and the economic impact that it presents I think there's a couple of different kind of arms of where film yes. benefits Utah I mean obviously it enhances awareness and tourism because we all know and love you know, Utah from some of its locations. Um, and I think international visitors really, we see that in them. I think there's a, a stat that we talk about with the tourism, with off the tourism, that 35% of visitors to Utah say that a film or television series influenced their decision to come to Utah. Wow. Um, you know, they, they know that landscape from some of those classic films and want to see where that all took place. So that definitely is, is a big part of the economic impact. But just when you talk about, you know, just the actual money coming in, we've got, you know, almost 500 companies that specialize in some sort of film or entertainment industry. We've got 5,000, you know, employees and crew and talent. Over $150 million in Utah salaries are represented. Um, and then in last year, just in last year of film productions coming in and spending money, it was almost $70 million spent in state just by the productions that we helped support and come here. Um, and those are, are, you know, big films like from places like Fox and Disney and HBO and ABC, and then also smaller independent films that go on to have, you know, not only help crew develop their talent and directors and screenwriters develop their talent, but also hopefully go on to places like Sundance Film Festival where they can find a wider, wider audience and then take that next step. So it really is, you know, sort of from the ground up, obviously we have some great education programs here as well and lots of film uh, departments in our higher ed uh, facilities. And so that's been really great to work with them and make sure that those new incoming talent have a place to go as well. As a director, 
of our Utah Film Commission. How are you adapting? What type of adaptations are you suggesting or putting into play so that we can continue this important industry and its impact on the state of Utah and beyond? Well, this year has obviously been challenging, as it has been for all of us. Uh, Film production did come to a halt, as, as it did most things in the spring. We had a couple of big productions like Disney Channel's High School Musical, The Musical, um, that completely shut down as well as a lot of kind of middle range and smaller shows that also had to stop. We didn't get up and running until probably end of June to July is when, you know, we worked with the industry both here and kind of the broader um, industry across the country, the unions, the big studios that were trying to put some sort of, you know, broad uh, procedure in place so that everyone knew how to get back to work safely. And for the most part, we are up and running again. Even our, our bigger productions like Disney Channel have started back up. There's lots of protocols about testing and, you know, and checking and mask wearing and making sure that everybody feels safe. But, you know, I think the film industry is very adaptable. We've had to kind of, you know, bend and twist and turn based on a lot of different factors over the years. And we, this is no exception. These are creative people and they've found a way to make it work. We're so resilient in Utah and, and humans are so resilient. I love hearing that because I'm telling you, Virginia, uh, video, film, this type of entertainment, this release is more important to us now than ever before. And so anything that we can do to support uh, any type of recovery, please let us know because this is critically important and we appreciate the good work you're doing. Do you want to give us uh, the website, give us an idea where people can go to get more information to find out um, how we're moving forward? Yes. So our website is film.utah.gov and you can go there and find out, you know, how, you know, all the COVID protocols as well as what's currently filming, how to get involved in the film industry as either an extra or a crew person. We have a lot of different resources and, you know, I encourage people to check it out. Well, you know what? You're going to need older extras, so I'm going to go on there and check it out. Of course. All <laughs> kinds. Thank you, Virginia, for your time, <laughs> and thank you for your impact and your great work and the many decades of support that you've given us. We appreciate you. Thank you. So nice to talk to you. Check out today's business interview using the KSL News Radio app or at kslnewsradio.com. Just click on podcast. More cool stories on Mighty Main Street here on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.